right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we're at the halfway point of the season, it's now time to once again look towards the rest of the schedule. Dave and I will do, be doing a win predictions on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's cooking good looking? I think I'm, I'm doing good. Another day in paradise here in Seminole Nation. Oh, that's right, folks. We always want to thank each and every single one of you for making Locked on Seminoles your first listen each and every single day, and also for the all love and support for the past few years. And now, Dave... We finally get to the bye week actually above 500 for the first time in a very long time. And today, I think, is the best thing to do where let's look at the last five games schedule and do some win predictions. Well, how, how does it sound to you? Sounds lovely, Drake. All, All right, right, so let's get to four and one. Let's get to four and one. So let's find a way to four and one, the probability of four and one. So, Dave, I'm going to get off to you first. After we win the bye week, unlike some other teams, cough Miami, cough Florida, yes. we play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets heading over with being held by Jeff Sims, next fired Jeff Collins, actually, I think the beginning of the middle of last month. And actually, I think they're on a two-game winning streak as of right now. I know they play this coming Thursday against Virginia. Dave, what do you make of this game? Kind of like I, you, you kind of alluded to it yesterday where you said it was one of our more important games. So I kind of want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, this is, this is a can't-lose game, uh, Georgia Tech. The bad football team, no matter how you spend it, no matter what, and look at any stats you want. And stats, simple stats, it doesn't matter. Georgia Tech's about the 85th best team in the country. They're equally bad on offense and defense. They're equally bad at efficiency and explosiveness. They do exactly nothing well. Um, the only thing about Georgia Tech that scares me or that should scare anybody is just like the cosmic revenge factor of Jeff Sims uh, and the remote possibility that he turns into... Uh, Walter Dix and runs for just 250 yards. Uh, yeah, that's I don't see that happening. Georgia Tech just like I said, that, that's a team that does so little well that this is a team you have to beat. You have to find a way to beat them, and frankly, you should be able to beat that team convincingly, coming off a bye week, uh, which they are not. So, yeah, it's. This is this is one of those games where there's not much to say about it other than you just have to go out there and beat a team that you're significantly better than. Yeah, it's one of those games, too, where Jeff Sims actually has been playing better since the changeover. And also, people do remember the game from two years ago where Jeff Sims came in Tallahassee. We all knew the revenge tour, like Dave was alluding to, where Mike Norvell either chose Tay Rodemaker or Chuck Purdy, basically, over him. And over since he's been at Georgia Tech, he's been kind of basically... The QB that a lot of people thought Jordan Travis was very inaccurate, mainly relying on his legs. You see his past two games, actually, though, he's completing, it looks like around 55% of his passes, but he's rushing for over 80 yards in each of those games, too, as well. So it's overall, to me, this is this will be the first true test of the, of the team, and not by test, I mean by a difficult team. I'm here with Dave. Georgia Tech isn't a good team, but it's a true test in that 
we've seen how Adam Fuller's defenses struggle against mobile quarterbacks. We've seen it with Malik Cunningham. We've seen it with Jaden Daniels. We saw it even last year with Gary Schrader, another quarterback we'll talk about later today, that this is a, this basically be, if we're unable to basically contain or even limit Jeff Sims with this extra rest and extra preparation, I am going to be slightly concerned for the rest of the season. And to me, with Georgia Tech, I fully expect us to win this game probably by like 10 to 14 points. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 34 to 17 kind of game. But to me, overall, this is a game that you should win, and I put us at around a 75% chance to win this game. It's got to be 95. Just just win this game. There's, there, you, don't need to, you don't need to analyze this one too critically. Easy, it should be an easy one. Okay, so then, Dave, let's go on to the next one real quick. Let's go over to the, the game that all of us have circled on our calendars. Yep. The Miami-Florida Hurricanes were actually going down to the University of Gables. We're going to their the Airbnb known as the, known as the Hard Rock in Miami Gardens. So after we take the two-hour flight, sorry, the uh, one-and-a-half-hour flight, they'll be taking the 45-minute bus ride. So it'll kind of, be, kind of be the same for travel for both teams overall. So to me, Dave, this game is going to be a little difficult, but I know, I know after the show we talked about yesterday, you were a little more concerned about this game. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Just to be clear, when I said I was concerned about this game, my reasons for concern about this game had nothing to do with Miami. That's an absolute trash football team. If you're a Miami fan, go do this little schedule breakdown for your season thus far. Um, it's absolutely cataclysmically embarrassing with the schedule you've played that you're in the position you're in. Uh, that's because this football team's not very good. Uh, they rely on explosiveness to move the ball. They're not very efficient. If you keep the ball in front of you, like our defense has been doing so well all year uh, for the most part, this is, uh, again, this is a team that's about 57th best team in the country. They're slightly better on defense than offense uh, in some metrics, but yeah, they're about 50th to 60th in every relevant category and statistic. So it's just a team, again, you have outplayed this Miami team, even with this three-game lull. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke has just not, not been the same quarterback this year. He's not been a winning quarterback. He's played bad at times, and he's not played well enough at time to overcome some of their other deficiencies. And it hasn't mattered when he has played better. Uh, they're just not a good football team. They're not coordinated. Mario Cristobal has done absolutely nothing to get that team right year one. I'm not that he won't in the future. I don't think he will. I hope he stays there forever. I think he's a fraud. Um, but that's what this team is. It's a team that came into the year with a lot of preseason expectations. You combine that with a very easy schedule, and they have not been over. They have not been able to meet very minimal expectations through the easy part of their schedule. Even the second half of their schedule is easy. Uh, so yeah, there's there's not much to look forward to from them other than spoiling uh, our slightly better season, and I I expect us to be able to accomplish that. This is one of those games where I think it's more like a sixty five percent chance to win this game. I have us at fifty five, and it's mainly because I do think that you do see Tyler Van Dyke the past two games actually kind of basically they're relying on him to throw the ball a lot more, mm -hmm. and that's something that Josh Gass like kind of want like. He kind of wanted to do that a little bit more because you can see with Mark Cristobal where you alluded to it earlier in the season where he is not the best with QBs in college and limiting them. I mean, we see right now with Justin Herbert in the NFL compared yeah. to him back back in college in Oregon, you could definitely see them kind of basically Mario likes to run the ball a lot more than most of the coaches. 
And that's something that kind of limits your QB's development, also your QB's kind of statistics and output for the game. So to me, with this overall, it's going to come down to basically, are we going to actually going to be able to stop the running attack? And that's one thing with Miami, actually, they're pretty strong at when it comes to Henry Paris Jr., as well as I think uh, Jalen Knight, too, who, who's been playing okay, like after he's been, after he was injured earlier in the year, has been playing better. And then with the defense overall, that defense might be a problem, especially if the defensive line of Akeem Messador and Leonard Taylor and Chance Williams, if they're able to get home and have our offensive line, is still struggling. So to me, this is going to be a tougher game. If it was in Tallahassee, I would probably bump this up to 60, 60 maybe to 63%. But overall, to me, this is going to be a coin flip because as always with these rivalry games, it's like quite honestly, it's going to be difficult overall to me. Drake, the game is in Tallahassee. It's in South Tallahassee. Because we bring more fans to every Miami game than they do. I know, so, but hey, like, that's the one thing they do. The one thing they do do, like, I give them credit for, they, actually, they do go to the FSU or UM games. They actually do. That's the one game they go to the entire year. Well, when all 14 of their fans are there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking out for whatever those little Miami chants they have are. Uh, I, I don't know. I assume they're sponsored by Dracar Noir or something. We're going to hear all about it. I mean, that's fair. You know, Dave, you know who else we need to hear all about? Who's that? Our friends over at Upside. Upside from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really, really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or even dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Dave, you're a huge fan of Get Upside, right? Guys, the app's right here. It's very simple. You open the app when you're going to a gas station or a grocery store or a restaurant. See if it's a participating store, restaurant, whatever, gas station. If it is, when you're getting gas, uh, you just put in the location. You select the offer. It'll offer you X number of cents off of your purchase per gallon. Um, you accept the offer. When you're done pumping gas, uh, it credits the amount to your account, which you can then go withdraw pretty easily to Venmo, uh, PayPal, gift cards, direct to your bank. It's very easy to withdraw. It's the same gas you are going to get either way and it literally takes you 10 seconds to get free money so folks follow days follow days lead download the free upside app today and use promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more that's five dollars or more back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more by using promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d from our friends over at upside Okay, Dave, now that we got that out of the way, so right now we have basically around a 2-1-0 start heading out of the bye week, something that's actually very much needed, and also a win over one of our bigger rivals. So now let's move over to a team that's kind of surprising everybody else right now. We would travel to Syracuse and put and go up against the Syracuse Orange, the number 14-ranked Syracuse Orange now in the country. This game always has, has an issue whenever we go to the Carrier Dome. I think now it's called the JMA Wireless Dome. And this is a team with Syracuse that overall, they brought in the offensive coordinator from Virginia last year. For those of you who don't remember, Brandon Armstrong was probably one of the best QBs in the conference last year because of the scheme and the planning. And now you see that same offensive game plan and scheme being implemented at Syracuse with the help of Dino Babers. And Gary Schrader looks like a rock star now. And you supplement that with Sean Tucker and also, I think, Orlando Gadsden, Orlando Gadsden, one of the wide receivers. That team offensively is scary. And they also have an even more dominant defense overall because that team, like we said in the past, with Wake Forest and NC State, that team is very old. That team is much older and much more experienced. So to me, this game 
quite frankly, is your most losable of all five of the remaining of the schedule. It's also a team that, quite frankly, I think they actually might be better coached than you. But I do think this is a game that we can win. But I'm going to leave us at 40% here for Syracuse Orange. Drake, let me remind you not long ago, we were 4-0. And the good vibes were flowing freely in Seminole Nation. And Mm -hmm. that game was screeching halt, didn't it? It did. I got news for you. Syracuse Syracuse is an adorable little football team. And this is not me doing a bit. This isn't. This isn't a team that scares me, um, and it shouldn't scare you. And I think you're going to see something similar to what just happened to us happen to Syracuse. Let me tell you why. The schedule. Drake, look at the first half of their schedule. They, should they beat Louisville? I don't know. Louisville's pretty bad this year. That's kind of a coin flip. Should they beat UConn? Yeah. Yes. Should they beat Purdue? Yeah. Should they beat Virginia? Well, yeah. Hey, Purdue's pretty good. Purdue's should they beat good. Wagner? I don't. Can you tell me what state Wagner's in, Drake? Yeah, they should be Wagner. Um, NC State was a good win. They beat. They did what we should have done. They beat NC State without their quarterback. Uh, we should have been able to do the same thing. Kudos to them for winning that game. But the back half of their schedule is alarming. Yeah, it, it's kind of brutal. <laughs> they they play in consecutive weeks: NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest, and. And they in BC, whatever. But that's a tough stretch. They completed the NC State portion. They're going to lose to Clemson this week. They're going to lose to Notre Dame the following week. They pr- they could lose to Pitt the following week after that. They could have a three-game skid right now heading into our game, which I don't expect us to, us to be on as we've just went over. I expect us to be 6-3 and three going into that game. And if they do that, they'll have the same record. Um, and suddenly it'll look very similar. Syracuse does not... Uh, have a ton of explosiveness in their game outside of Sean Tucker and some big runs by Garrett Trader. Um, that, if you recall, is the same quarterback whose Heisman campaign we started out of absolutely nowhere. That's um, why I'm mentioning that the mobile quarterback kind of screw us over. Under, understood. Understood. Um, but, but this defense is very good on a down-to-down basis, this Florida State defense. Uh, it is It is good. It's good at it's best at preventing things from getting behind them, but it's still good on a down to down basis, especially when they know it's coming. Um, in this game, you know what's coming. They're going to run the ball at you with Sean Tucker, and then they're going to run the ball at you with Garrett Trader. All you have to do is shut down that passing game early, force them to be one dimensional, and that becomes an eminently winnable game. The game is up in Syracuse in what used to be known as the Carrier Dome that didn't have air conditioning. Um, but this to me is, I know this is this is going to seem high, 75%. That's really high. Yep, I know. God, I mean, I mean, you are right about the early part of the schedule. It is extremely weak. It's weaker than this, the first part of the schedule that we actually had to go through, yep. which is kind of saying something a little bit um, overall besides LSU. But we do have the common opponent, Ellis and Louisville, but that was the first game. So I'm actually going to agree with you there. I think more my concern is that I don't think they lose to Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame is a good football team this year. I don't I either. That's the point, though. No, no, that's your oh, that's your point. Okay, well, overall, point. overall, to me, I think this is a this is going to come down to basically whether or not we're able to limit Gary Schrader. Because you're right, his Heisman campaign started against us last year, especially after that very like long set. Remember, that? I think it was like a 65 yeah. to 70 yard TD run. In where slow just like, motion. Yeah, and I'm saying I'm like this is the longest touchdown run I think I've ever seen. Why is it not anyone is it going on for so now? long? Yeah, it's like it was like a Baywatch. Like, doo, 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 right. Doo, doo. It was like just literally that across the middle. I'm just sitting there like, 
well, damn it. But Syracuse, to me, is a very good team, and this is probably the best team remaining on our schedule. And this is a team, to me, that, quite frankly, it's going to be difficult, basically, going up there. We've never actually been great going up to Syracuse. Remember the last time we went up there with, under Taggart and Francois? Like, that was a game that, basically, you remember Francois kind of, like, was, gonna get, was trying to get picked up by Alec Eberle, and then they kind of turned to the side and said, like, nah, I'm good. So, to me, this is a game that it's going to come down to we're going to need Jordan Travis to basically out Garrett Schrader, Garrett Schrader, and I would love to see him actually use his legs more in this game. And to me, it's difficult, but it's very winnable. So, to me, I'll stick with my 40%, but I'll definitely chalk you down for the 75%, especially because Garrett Schrader, as of right now, has 1,400 passing yards, 12 TDs, three picks. So, he's actually having a really good season. It's kind of funny where all the QBs at the bottom five that were ranked, that included, so included like DJU, Jordan Travis, Garrett Schrader, are kind of flip up now to the top basically as your best quarterbacks. Yeah, the, I'm just going to point one thing out for you. One thing I think we've observed the last three weeks is as the level of competition has risen, our passing game has had a more difficult time. Just understand Syracuse has like the hundred and something ranked pass rush in the country. Uh, that bodes pretty well for us, I think. If you can't pressure Jordan Travis, I think that's where you're going to get back to seeing Jordan Travis dissecting you and back to looking like that quarterback we saw the first four weeks. That's what I expect in this game. No, I completely, I completely understand. I completely agree with that. So let's go now to the, sec- to the second to last game, the penultimate game, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Now, heading into the year, I know Power Ratings had them as a top 25 team. The thing about Power Ratings, though, don't take into account when kids get transferred out, when kid, when the coaches leave, and also when the coach takes almost entire half of your entire roster and brings them over to his new team in Florida, whereas you see now with them losing Osiris Torrance, who's now going to be an NFL draft prospect on the offensive line, and they also lost Levi Lewis, a starting QB there, who's one of the best QBs they had in that program's history. So to me, I'm not going to go too deep into this. This is a team that I think right now is 3-3. Three and three. They're struggling overall in the Sun Belt, which is the fun belt, but it's still Sun Belt to me. This is a game that basically you should be able to win this convincingly. This is going to be my 85% game, 85% chance of winning here at this game because, quite frankly, this will be your, this might be your look-ahead spot to Florida, but I don't think that Mike Norvell has earned the right, or even I think now he understands that no teams are deserve to look ahead, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game is similar to basically what we did to UMass last year. So Louisiana, minus Billy Napier, has gotten worse. He's taken his not good players to another school that where they've played not good shocker there. Um, Louis Louisiana has been bad this year. The the irony is that they've still been better than Georgia tech, for example. Uh, But that is one of the truly worst offenses in the country. Uh, This is the kind of game where it feels to me like Boston college where I just don't want them scoring more than like 14. Um, And you should be able to put up some nice stat padding numbers in this game. Uh, 85 connotes a like one in six times you play this game, you'll lose. If we were to lose this game one in six times, that would be a devastatingly crappy outcome. Uh, if we were to play this game 50 times, maybe we lose once. I'll say 98%. Okay. I mean, the main reason I said this because I don't know if you've seen the second half against Nancy State. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm but no, you you know me. I don't like giving ninety to plus ninety ninety five plus unless it's like like Duquesne or something. I know it's a bad team, but I don't like giving. I don't. I don't go past that. I don't know for some reason that's just sort of my thing. But before we get to the last team, which is basically kind of basically a team that Dave and I got a little not concerned about, but something to definitely keep an eye on. Let's talk about friends over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across Locked On College Network titled "Thrilling Moments." 
where we hide the most exciting play from the Seminoles weekend or get, or, or throughout the history of our alma mater. And this week's thrilling moment for the team, I know it's difficult. I know it's in the loss, but I definitely want to highlight Ja'Kai Douglas's first touchdown back. It was towards the end of the game. Ja'Kai Douglas has come back from basically what we thought could have been a season-ending injury. And just seeing him back, seeing him back in the field, Agent Zero is back, hitting those wheel routes, getting his first touchdown. It just felt good to see him back in the field. Right, Dave? Absolutely. I, we've talked about him. We've missed him. His He's just a human highlight reel. Uh, feels like every time he's on the field, he's a threat for some kind of 30-yard wheel route or something. It's electric. It's exciting. We've missed it. The offense has missed it. Glad to have it back. And, I mean, come on. Thrilling moments were designed for Ja'Kai Douglas. That they man were. is that man is the king of the wheel route, whether it be against Notre Dame, whether it be against the University of Miami, slash University of Coral Gables. But seeing him back against Clemson, getting a TD back, I am thrilled to see kind of how he gets back into this offense. And this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what throws you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. All those are available now at NissanUSA.com. Folks, I had Nissan Ultima. That was my first car. Now it's back over in Panama, still going strong even 15 years later because no one's better than our friends over at Nissan. Okay, Dave. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back. Let's wrap this up. One last game, and then the AC Championship when we go there. I'm just kidding. That dream is dead. The Florida Gators. This game is actually at Doe Campbell Stadium. This is a game that kind of last year left a bad taste in your mouth overall because that was a team that was damn mullenless. They had fired their head coach, and then we simply just struggled, and there was a bunch of miscues that we've seen actually over the past three weeks basically be the same thing. So with Florida, how do you feel about this game? I know you're not the biggest Anthony Richardson fan, or you were, but now you're seeing basically in real yeah. time how he's struggling. So I do want to see basically what's your feeling on this game because I think we're going to be very sympathetic here for the first one. Well, Drake, I'll say this. Um, you you said earlier that I was worried about the Miami game. The only reason I'm worried about the Miami game is its proximity and time to a three-game losing streak. That's that's the only reason I worry about that game. This game, I, it, it's going to be largely dependent. It, like, for example, if if we clean the slate between now and Florida, I almost won't care what Florida's done in that span. I will expect to beat that team. Uh, one of the truly, truly worst passing team in all of college football. There were some fun graphics thrown, thrown around Twitter yesterday uh, showcasing where uh, the college quarterbacks have performed this year. I think it was in the passing game. And Anthony Richardson was just so far to the bottom left of this graph. You almost needed a new piece of paper to look at it. Just just been awful. Dangerous with his legs. Um, and I think as Florida State fans, we're kind of indoctrinated into being scared of running quarterbacks because so many have gashed us over the years. Um, this it'll be, it'll be good to see, for example, how we handle Jeff Sims, how we handle Garrett Schrader. Because those are two quarterbacks that should prepare us a bit for what we're going to see from Anthony Richardson in Florida. Um, that team, that team is just underperformed even in a first year of Billy Napier relative to expectations. And if if you look at their schedule, I, again, just like I said with Miami, if I was a Florida fan, thank God I'm not. Um, I, I'd be really pissed off that this is the schedule we've done what we've done against. Um, I mean, I mean, they're four. I mean, they're four and three. I mean, it's not terrible. I I, I hear you. Um, they should. They probably should have beaten Kentucky. 
they probably should have been able to beat LSU. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee obviously looks like a great, a yeah, ten, great yeah, the, close now. Um, and, and and they only lost by five points in that game. But they're going to lose to Georgia this week. They could lose to Texas A&M the following week, although they're the most uninspiring 7-5 team ever. Um, then they go to South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State. So they have an easy close to the year. Um, I mean, the game before us is Vandy. It's basically prep week for them. Uh, but I don't expect that to matter a whole lot. Not In year one of the Billy Napier experiment, I think, has exposed uh, that they're probably further away from where they need to be in the SEC to compete. Uh, their their quarterback play, like I said, just hasn't been there. And in that game against a team that statistically has a similar profile to us, other than the passing game, uh, I'll take the team with the much better quarterback. And I do think Jordan Travis is a much better quarterback than Anthony Richardson at this moment in time. I do agree with that, and also I think that basically, I mean, the offense to me like isn't the biggest issue with Florida. Like, I do think that while Anthony Richardson isn't the best passer as of right now, but he's not. If you look at some of his statistics, wise, like Missouri only has to pass the ball fourteen times, but you see mainly is most of his damage is with his legs. The main yeah. reason why I kept him in the LSU game was he had an eighty-one yard touchdown run because Anthony Richardson is an elite, elite runner. But basically, overall, you you don't you see the defense struggling from each, uh, each 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 one of the levels the defensive line outside of Gervon Dexter they're struggling the linebacker in play I think what's his name I'm, I'm losing my train of thought number 51 very good linebacker but he's the only good linebacker that they have and their second day overall I wouldn't be surprised if you see some sort of, some sort of a youth movement in the secondary because that there that's someone that's a unit as well that's not playing up, up to what they need and overall to me with this this is very similar to Mike Norvell's first year here in Tallahassee to me I said it before I said it again if you like the Mike Norvell hire, you should be liking also the Billy Napier hire because to me, they're basically the same person overall. So to me, this game, it's going to be difficult because of Andy versus legs, like I said earlier, and like Dave was just mentioning, when, depending on how we, we handle and contain Jeff Sims and Garrett Schrader, that's be kind of like a, a foreshadowing of how we're going to be, actually be able to limit, not contain because Andy Richardson is very elite with his legs, but limit basically the damage or mitigates the outcome from his legs in this game. To me, you are the better team. Yep. I have this game as sort of a 55% because it is a rivalry game. It is towards the end of the year. And quite frankly, this would be, this is a game that Mike Neville has to win, in my personal opinion. And it's, I think it's the easier one of the two between Miami and us. Between, yeah. or between Miami and Florida. I, I think, I think that's right. Because, I think that's right because we have some time before we catch them and we have some prep we can do, um, including the week before. Just remember that this Florida defense. Do you remember that LSU team we played way back when? Yeah. You remember Jaden Daniels not being able to throw a football to save his life? Uh yeah, but hey, but he has played better over the past Drake. few weeks. Drake. But he threw for three hundred and forty nine yards, three touchdowns, and no picks against Florida. They made him look like that. Jordan Travis is a lot better than Jaden Daniels. Uh, if if that's what that Florida defense can allow. Holy hell, I look forward to this matchup. Can't wait for it. Um, like you said, it's a rivalry. I think this number could fluctuate largely based on what we see in the games between now and then. For example, we go out and just convincingly beat Georgia Tech in Miami. Um, and if, if maybe run the slate between now and then and go 4-0 heading into that game, and I'm going to feel really good about our chances. Um, you drop one between now and then, for example, Syracuse for Miami. Um, I think I'll still feel good about the matchup. So, which is why I'm going to give it a number of 60%. Uh, 
not much higher than you. Um, but very dependent. You go if they somehow turn it around and we drop two between now and then, uh, probably becomes a coin flip because I still don't have any faith in that Florida football team. But as of right now, you should be able to beat them. And you would have to do some really silly nonsense between now and then as a football team or have some some bad injuries for me to not feel that you should beat that team. No, I mean, I agree with that. I think this is like, this is not a good, this is not a good Florida team. This is also a Florida team that like FSU a few years ago is starting to learn itself under a new coaching staff overall. I do want to ask you before we kind of wrap up today, if we do finish four and one, but one of your losses is, is, is to one of your rivals, which one would you prefer the loss to be? Not prefer, but like, which one would you be able to handle better? Because for me, I know you and I know Max before when he was on here, y'all dislike Miami with passion. I can't stand this high of Florida. So to me, I'd rather much rather just beat the snot off Florida than Miami. Um, I think the answer comes down to who it would be more impactful recruiting wise for a win. Um, I, no, 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 I we're not no not recruiting wise. I want to say for Dave, just for just your for own me? soul, just for your own soul and sake. Yeah. I, I just want to beat Florida so damn bad. Like Miami, Miami's like that that little harmless stepbrother that every now and then will just like sucker punch you. And it's like, yeah, that sucks. But like, I'll get over it. That, that They're completely irrelevant. They're going to be irrelevant. Hiring Mario Cristobal did nothing to change the fact that that program is stuck in the mud and it always is going to be. Florida is not always going to be stuck in the mud. I don't think they have the resources that Miami does not have. And I just hate that big brother syndrome or, uh, that they just think they're Florida State's big brother, uh, and everybody that goes there is a Harvard-educated genius. Uh, not the case. Sorry, guys. You're not good at football, and you're not a great public school either. I mean, you are, but uh, you're not yeah, the you're Harvard. Not. You're not the Harvard of the South that you like kind of alluded to. Yeah, that's more my thing too with Florida. But yes, Dave, like I would agree with you. So overall, after this exercise, it does seem that we we want this team or this team to go four and one the rest of the way. And folks. That's all the time that we have for today. Please drop your comments down below how you feel the team will end up these last five games. And then also whether or not you prefer to be Miami or Florida. And Dave, send the folks home with some love and also with some YouTube instructions. Guys, we love you. Thank you for being here as usual, making us your first listen each and every day here at Locked on Seminoles. Find us on any uh, podcast platform, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, or the YouTube, like Drake said. Like the show if you or like this video if you liked it. Uh, subscribe to the channel, ding the little bell at the top. It'll turn on your notifications. But also leave a comment. A, what should our record be in this five-game stretch? What would be the minimum record that you could go into the end of this season feeling like we've we've improved enough for your liking? And like like Drake said, Miami or Florida, if it came down to it, which do you hate to lose to more and which do you love to beat more? I love the way you put that up, Dave. So for Dave, this was Drake, and we'll see y'all next time on Locked on Sentinels. Take care, everybody. Win the bye week. Win the damn bye week.